0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, this is Sue Rose Minahan and this Tonight is July 11th, 2020, and it's going to repeat Thursday morning at 6 o'clock, and that'll be on the 16th. We're during the cancer archetypal season, we could say, and the eclipse season. Tonight's subject is going to be about Vesta, an asteroid, a goddess of lineage that covers really, cultures the world, Because Vesta as the asteroid happens to be the brightest asteroid in the sky. The asteroid belt was discovered in 1809 by a German astronomer. And it sits between Mars and Jupiter. There's a big gap. Mars is one of our personal planets. And Jupiter and Saturn at the exterior edge of the visible realm is our social planets. So there's really a lot to be thought about with Vesta, once known as Hestia in the Greek mythology, but the Romans took all the mythology and turned it into their own names. But there is some rooted thought of ancient times that my guest and I will talk about, and as it relates now eventually with our thinking. So the asteroids really denote the feminine energies and by feminine i don't mean on a physical nature like although they are seen as feminine because it helps embody that thought but it's really of another of energetic um application but the point being i am reminded by different astrologers a wonderful and orderly that says yes of course we have to talk about the asteroids because we need women too with the astrology our planets are mostly except for venus of the male origin and as we know i have to be quick to say the these receptive assertive energies that we classify in some realm to these archetypal planets and gods and goddesses are within all of us please we understand this it is unity that we're seeking so with no more ado this is Talk Cosmos, and it is the Cosmic Collaboration, which we we are now ready for, Cancer Cosmic Collaboration.
1: Investigating the deeper questions of this month's archetype and integrating spirit and matter for unified wholeness, this is your Cosmic Collaboration panel.
0: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Shannon Hayes. A certified evolutionary astrologer and consultant, including Mayan astrology. I'm a
1: stargazer and I work with animal spirit cards. I own a hair salon and I'm a nature lover, animal activist, and photographer. And I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology. I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating. And I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms.
0: And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you You are are the entire entire ocean in a drop. And we definitely have a lot of water in this season. This is Cancer as a water sign. And there's quite a few planets right now in water signs. And we will be focusing on... The, not immediately, but we will be bringing up the last lunar eclipse on July 4th, which happened to be the United States uh, solar you know, uh, solar return. Yeah, because Vesta is conjunct the sun. But with that, hello, Amanda.
1: Hello. Hi, <laughs> Sue. So glad to be here with you today.
0: Well, once again, I know last cosmic collaboration you were unable to join and this time i need to tell our audience that Shannon is unable to attend but i welcome in august we'll be back again but this gives us a chance to really have a dialogue there's a lot to think about this is was your brainstorm to talk about Vesta and i'm really
1: grateful it's quite pertinent i yeah who who knew it was going to be so pertinent in the uh the last lunar eclipse i didn't know at the time when i suggested it but that's yeah. just the way that it's, it cosmically played out
0: true it was kazimi i thought of that i had put conjunct but kazimi within two minutes of a of a degree because a degree has 60 minutes and it was within two minutes 35 37 i think or 37 39 right there so uh, that was 13 degrees cancer, which is also conjunct the fixed star Sirius. That's S-I-R-I-U-S. They're stars that are way in the distance and we call them fixed because from our view on Earth, they don't shift. We can use them as lodging points. You know, navigationally, people did and in many, many ways they're, they're used. But they have concepts. I think I was just reading... In the Chinese, they believe that spirit and sing was spirit and soul. It was of a person combined in one star. So, well, where, I don't know where we should begin. I guess we could talk about Vesta. Well, Vesta, the asteroid, I might just say briefly on the physical basis, was the fourth largest, and it's, the brightest in the sky it's curious always how they get named but Vesta or Hestia the goddess I'll toss this out was the very first child of Saturn in mythology but Saturn who had castrated his father Uranus the sky and Saturn, Cronus of time, fulfilled the prophecy of stopping endless time, you might say, of the sky, that he himself had the same prophecy that one of his children would usurp his power. And so he ate or consumed all his children with Rhea, R-H-E-A. And Vesta or Hestia was the very first child. But when Zeus or Jupiter came along, now Jupiter, Jupiter, remember, is on the exterior side of this asteroid belt that's in between with Mars. Uh, uh, Anyway, I don't know the right word, but he he tricked Saturn, gave him a stone. Anyway, he regurgitated all his children. But the last one to come up was Vesta. So Vesta is in total service to Zeus, to the king of the gods, of this total energy of that psych- psychology, you could say, or the philosophies and
1: and all of that. And Vesta also, after she came up and reg- was regurgitated, uh, she decided she did not want to marry. And she's like, I had enough of this, so... Um... I don't, I don't need any more men in my life. But, um, so that's a, that's an interesting point and that plays into the vestal virgins as well.
0: It's true. When I read about that, it was Apollo who was the sun. So I was thinking to myself, that's so intriguing because the sun is seen as the total identity and Vesta wants her identity, and with the Vestal virgins, they weren't property because they couldn't—they didn't marry, and therefore they could own their own land and and property. So it was, an, and also she didn't want to marry Poseidon, which was Neptune of the seas, which I haven't quite related what that would relate to, but really it would be um, not distinctive because Poseidon, you know. Neptune rules the whole cosmos in a certain way. So yes,
1: the Vestals. Yeah, and when we're the Vestal Virgins are very interesting. So they they were the sacred charges in charge of um, tending to the sacred flame in Greece, and this and this started before Rome. So this was Hestia, and the sacred flame itself symbolized the unity and cohesion of family and state. so it was this very important thing that could never go out. And Greek emigrants, when they left Greece, they would bring a piece of that flame from from Hestia's altar and take it to their new homeland to link it to their new community. So it's like bringing their roots into the, the, the new land.
0: Yes, yes. It it really signifies that passion and for each of us, wherever it is in our chart, our passion, our life force, you could almost say, that eternal flame, which really does go back to the mythology also of the flame of life, the eternal flame. That I mean they were there was an altar to Vesta that was at Delphi. And the Vestals were, and the Vestals were really, uh, became into real focus with Rome, you know, which I'm paraphrasing what you're saying, just to tie in my, my thoughts between the timelines. But yes, it, they were quite uh, focused there on celibacy, which was not really the pre-Hellenistic, actually before Greece even before Hestia perhaps what the initial uh, sacred flame was considered it was more internal.
1: Well and it, the, the pre-Hellenic period very interesting with the how the, the Vesta virgins came about and really it was really before they were even called, Thestal virgins. It started with the, the ancient moon goddesses. They were they were known as virgins. And virgin used to mean not married, not belonging to a man, and one in herself. That was the that was the definition of what a virgin was. It had nothing to do with sexuality and withholding sexuality. So it just meant that that this was a, a woman who was unto herself. And did not need to answer to a man and was not beholden to a man.
0: And even beholden at that time was so different because for survival's sake and also we're talking about very young people, marriage and and unity in, in that there were such roles as we understand what with from Greece before Greece during this whole time for, Probably many factors of survival, but interestingly, well, I just think it's a very kind of almost strange attitude that that the vestals held later because they were held as this sense of purity. I mean, we're jumping back and forth even now as I am because I'm in Rome. They'd be killed in. They'd be put in if they let the fire go out, or if they did have relations with uh, uh, without chastity or you know, not keep their chastity, then they would be buried alive. It was very grim. But back earlier, it was dramatically different. There, they it was were like nightshade. Absolutely. but yeah. uh, really morphed it, it, or not it tweaked or twisted you could say and, and perhaps i don't know if twisted is the right word but it really did because they were liaisons with the warriors that would come back and it would appease the the spirit to have this unified sexual experience and that was really their their embodiment because it was the life force i think they were driven about the life force at that yeah. time and i
1: it was, in, it was about that inner flame. And that's the life force that each one of us has within us. And the, the Vestal Virgins would perform sexual acts as sacred vessels with the men that were returning from war. And that flame within, it was a flame of purification that could transmute the violence and the rage from war and open the hearts of men that were shut down by trauma. So it was was a very powerful position to be in. And such such night and day from how it really did get twisted by the patriarchy. It was the patriarchal takeover where the Vestal Virgin's world completely changed so that they were then under the thumb of the men. And part of that
0: I was just reading in Demetra George's *The Asteroids*, which we both own. It's such a wonderful book. It's called *Asteroid Goddesses*, and Demetra George, the author, but she was writing that for. There was a period where the where the kingship was from the union. Every year they'd have a six oak queen and six oak king that would joined together for procreation and unity for universe, fertility, just like the Nile would come in and the Nile would go out wherever. That's one river. But the point being that children would be born and those children would become the leadership until, and that's why I'll interrupt myself here to say, and that's why she was saying that so many legacies, when they look and say, well, they were a virgin mother or they were a son of God, it was because it was of that conceptual thinking that the 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 community or the culture felt that their lineage of leadership would be from this great sacred union. But then yeah. as time went along, people wanted to continue their lineage and so they made a kingship where it was suddenly their son. And I think that's where they had to put the vestals into this other sacred idea of their mentality that this lived, this sacred flame lived because these women d- did certain duties of tending the flame, you know, like,
1: yeah, so it would be it, the, the midsummer um, marriage feast between the oak king and the oak queen. They, they would also have six vestals presents. And six of the oak king's companions, and they would all um, perform sacred sexual duties that night, all together. And no one, um, no one knew who was with whom, because it was in a, a dark cave. And then, if the oak queen did not have a, a child that year, one of the vestals who was pregnant would then provide. A child for the royal line, and so yeah. and yeah, and so that's how the they were called. Um, it was called a virgin birth.
0: It's amazing to see how ideas can be when you're living in such a world of nature. You know, I mean, obviously people did have children and people were young, meaning of of passionate lives, and yet and their ideas were very centered on the meaningfulness of something and so it all held a lot of sacred energy i mean to them it was a very pure thing you know what else i've read about the oh okay again the twins Romulus and ramus they were descendants i believe also yes. of one of these virgins
1: yes Rhea. Rhea was a vessel virgin and, yeah, and, and she, she birthed um the two twins that became the would you call them the fathers of Rome? Yes, they're the they're the founders, the father fathers or founders,
0: which is a whole story of itself. Because one of them was one of them died. I, I have looked at a lot of the history about it, which is not the tip of my tongue. But what I'm thinking is, Aeneas from the Homeric epic cycle, he escaped with his father from Troy, and I believe. He, you know, whether he was the child of Venus or the child of Helen, Helen of Troy. And Helen, of course, was also a twin during, oh boy, this gets so complicated with all the mythology. But there were two sets of twins from the Geminis. There was Castro and Pollux, and then there was uh, Helen and Clemestra. But at any rate, I believe Aeneas escaped all that, the burning Troy, and came over to Greece I thought he came with the vestals. I'm trying to find out the information that I had on that because it, it, there's a lot of long legacy. There's it's really difficult to find all of that. It's hidden like the. So what we do know about more is the vestals in Rome.
1: Yeah, and and. One thing before we move on to that, because this has to do with that shift in concept a bit um, from the early vestals to the Roman vessels, uh, that the Latin root for virgin means strength, force, and skill. And that's mm-hmm. the same root as for the word virile, which we often use for masculine potency. Um, so it's it's just such a different understanding of what the word virgin is and the meaning of, of the word virgin shifted when christian translators came in and they couldn't conceive of a sexually independent woman and that would give birth to a child without um having a husband so like the virgin mary for instance that's an example of a a sexually independent woman and and they just couldn't conceive of it so they they shut that down and and rewrote what the word virgin meant it's really fascinating to connect
0: the word because another astrologer Ursula doctor she's been on the program before she is in mexico city and uh, involved in different or large organizations like Organizational for professional astrology and ISAR, which is international research, I mean Society of Research Association Astrology wise, but she's very concerned with mythology. And she was saying that the strength that Vesta in a chart has this strength of its of the life force and that actually it is very strong in both fire signs and Virgo you know it, it has a lot to do with and it can also be and in the water signs it has strong in intuition and so in other words that strength that's what I'm picking up from from what you're talking about yes. with Pearl,
1: Virgil Absolutely.
0: and she was also bringing just to finish that thought too about Hermes Mercury and Vesta were joined together in absolute um, an alchemy of organizers which makes a lot of sense with the with the virgal energy but also it would be the gemini that sort of enters fire with thought pattern of mercury or um, hermes through poetry through epics of meaningfulness you know not because we were talking it's not just communication but it's how we think you know how do we you know uh, will how we do we communicate our, our, our emotion or thinking but that thinking process that makes meaningfulness
1: yes absolutely i i think um i think also that it's it's interesting how so is, A ruler of virgo and it's also a ruler of scorpio which are two energies that are very different and have like the virgo like you were just saying with the connection with mercury mercury is also ruled with a ruler of virgo so yes those two definitely pair well together but then with scorpio much different and that's and that's where the kind of um sexuality and sacred sexuality comes in with vesta
0: Many forms of the feminine. I mean, obviously, the feminine that as far as the physical part does give birth. In fact, there's some mythology that say the moon gave birth to the sun. But here, yes, those aspects of Vesta, um, trying to understand this deep, deep um, life flame. And Scorpio also is the, the occult, I think. You know, it has such, it's a psychology of why, and it's life and death, which, of course, flame, you know, they didn't want the flame to go out. That was a, and I, and Rome didn't want that flame to go out because it represented this powerful connection of manifestation. If their flame stayed lit,
1: their rulership, their empire would remain yeah, I mean you can think about it like the sun. When we think of the sun in in astrology, it's that ever-present flame. Like when the sun goes out, all life goes out.
0: Oh, Amanda, you're so perfect. This is <laughs> <laughs> You are because we do want to take a little break right now and that will segue right back to when we return we can come up with the lunar eclipse that happened last week and they were conjunct So I am with Amanda Pierce of Cosmic Collaboration, the cancer edition for Talk Cosmos, and it is July 11th, and we'll be right back. To take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution.
1: Hello, my name is John Talevich. I'm a chiropractic doctor, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos.
0: Working hard to put a
1: smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Greetings again. This is Talk Cosmos July eleventh. Repeating that's a Saturday, and it's repeating Thursday at six a.m. on the sixteenth. And I'm speaking with Amanda Pierce. This is about Vesta in Cancer, and we've given quite a bit of conversation about. She's an asteroid, and her mythological emphasis, which is very deep, and. We will be bringing in the significance of this deep, how it it, it, we can identify with it now as an energy because last week was an eclipse, and eclipses last for a long time, nine months, six months, three months, depending on how it connects. But it happens to be immediately Kazemi. That means right within minutes, and it was two minutes, of the sun's degree of thirteen degrees, Cancer, and it's thirty-seven, thirty-nine minutes, I believe. So, Amanda, you wanted to bring up a little bit more about Vesta's energy, which will be in relating to our whole individual and
1: collective sun. So, yes, yeah. I'm eager to yeah. hear what you had in your mind. Well, so Vesta. As as I've been researching Vesta for this show, I've just been struck at at really how um, vitally important this energy is. And we don't often look at the asteroids in that way. And they, they tend to be something that, or energy that is, provides additional information to the whole picture it's not, they're not something that we generally look at on its own, but it's such, it's, it really does fill out the picture nicely when when you do do look at the asteroids. So when you're thinking about Vesta, it's really the, it's kind of like the energy that belongs to you and you alone. And it's the inner spark that's needed during the darkest times. So these are really important energies for us to tap into these days. Uh, you know, it's like this could be very potent, a very potent transit. And Vesta is only in Cancer for a very short while, just the beginning of June to about mid-August. But because of, it, of its significance in the lunar eclipse and in the the United States solar return. It's such a, it's a really important energy to look at right now. And in the chart, it can also be uh, where we can have devotion, where we can be completely dedicated to something and willing to put in the hard work to find it. That's very Virgo right there, as is devotion. It's capable of intense focus and it's a placement of where you must keep your inner flame burning and what you need to tend to, to keep that burning.
0: This really directs the entire attention necessarily. So well put Amanda, because what would be on a collective basis, Vesta in cancer immediately, of course, it's emotions. It's, home family our nest our securities you know that's just part of the list it's uh it's the public you know it's processing it's deeply processing interestingly this was a capricorn lunar uh full moon eclipse so that the sun, it, so the sun and the moon were opposite each other, and the Earth was blocking the light, and it was a total eclipse too, blocking. No, let me think. It was a prenumbral. No, it was not a total. It was a prenumbral eclipse, and I always referred to. I think it was Gemini Brett that brought up that that is when old energies are being. Uh, uh, put away, or not put away, but purged, because really only a small part of the sun or the moon, rather, is being eclipsed. Maybe it was 35%, and it looks like a weak tea bag, but it is being eclipsed, and it was visible all through the United States. I mean, all through North America and South America, and a part of Western Africa, and then Spain. So it was. Uh, when I say all of the United um, North America, it went up just past Vancouver, B.C., and then it swept over to—I don't know whether it went to Nova Scotia or not.
1: Yeah, it's, so uh, no, go ahead, Sue.
0: Well, <laughs> that's all right. Lead on, because I—that I, in itself is enough. And
1: um, well, I wanted to to bring up what you were talking about how it's a capricorn full moon and capricorn lunar eclipse and so it's the the light of the moon is being cut off and with an eclipse it's a a chance to break patterns and that's what's being eclipsed the moon is so it's an opportunity to break free from how we have been emotionally been doing things in a Capricorn way and we've been going through we're in very Capricorn times right now you know we've had the the Saturn Pluto conjunction that we've been dealing with and Jupiter and Mars have been in in Capricorn so it's just been a challenging time of, of a lot of restriction and a lot of needing to really just hunker down and, and get through these times And the moon in Capricorn, it kind of speaks to how we've been handling that on an emotional level and a way for us to to break free of the patterns of that that are no longer working for us. So with a Capricorn moon, there's often a desire to try and control things. um, try and and to try and restrict the emotions to not allow the emotions out and that's understandable in some ways because when you're when you've got a lot of Capricorn energy it's it's a tendency to Capricorn moon specifically is a tendency to grow up too fast being put in a situation or in a family where you have to grow up and be the adult so we're all having to like really adult these days in ways that sometimes we're not prepared for So this is that emotional component and the opposite, at the opposite end of it is the cancer and bringing in that a little more sensitivity, a little more nurturing and an ability to really just embrace the emotions by allowing them to flow out of you. Uh,
0: So important. It, It is. And then, if we look on a collective basis, because the moon also represents the collective, um, we've, we're, it's also looking at ancestry for both the Cancer and the traditions of the Capricorn. And I think the fact that the flame Vesta is right connected with the heart of the sun of the will, which is our natal. Sun in the United States, and also with the star Sirius that has of of good deed of 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 part of the sacred hoop there in, in is there's various stars, and it's one of them where for three months they would follow. The ceremonial path of integrating the sun as it moved through the constellations in, is, is so important to realize on many terms Who, what is our homeland? What is our true source of ancestry? What is our true um, legacy of traditions and, and meaningfulness? You know, the, yeah, like the circle. Yeah. And yeah, it was in the fifth house. And Dianita was saying that is also dedicated to family and home. So again, and and this responsibility. So, what are we responsible to as a as a unified collective?
1: Uh, are you are you you're talking about Vesta in the U.S. Um, well, eventually? yes, or I'm or...
0: thinking that individually. Well, individually and collectively. Yes, I was thinking on a grand okay. scale collectively yeah and and they of course it can be focused on the individual
1: mm-hmm. yeah the yeah exactly there's so really we can look at this in two ways that with the the sun conjunct vesta um and it's it's within two minutes in this lunar eclipse which is just insanely close
0: So, Kazemi, Kazemi, (laughs) Kazemi, Kazemi.
1: Yes, and that the Kazemi energy really puts a lot of power in the hands of the planet or asteroid that is next to the sun. It's really like a fusing energy, and so focal spot. Yeah, and and but it gives it a lot more um, power than if it was a little further away then it would be in the, the rays of the, the beams of the sun. Um, and so this is quite a a special placement and looking at it, when I look at that in terms of the United States, so we're cutting off the, the light from the moon. So the moon is, is falling to the wayside and it's allowing for that cancer energy to, to shine freely. And you know, this was the this was the Fourth the of July, our Independence Day. And it was I don't know if, if this is how you felt, Sue, but it was a pretty somber day for me, you know, and it was a day of reflecting about where where our country is. And and cancer is it is about the home and it's about the family. It's very traditional. It's also can be connected to nationalism. And so the, you know, I mean, the United States is such a, um, it's such a, a. a,
0: Apple pie and mom and.
1: (laughs) It's so focused. Yeah. It's so focused on, um, on being number one and thinking we're number one and, and being all about America, that kind of thing. That's a very cancer energy just that nationalistic kind of energy. And so it's, we have the opportunity to break some patterns, not that it's bad to be proud of your country. That's, that's a nice thing. It's a good thing, but are we being inclusive of everyone that we, that we can be? Yes.
0: And is the history inclusive? That would be our pattern, our, uh, the um, Capricorn history, you know, traditions is yes. very Saturnian, and these are element. These are issues that are coming up now, rightfully so. It is the right time.
1: I it's, think- it's amazing with the Pluto we're having our the United States is having its Pluto return. So more and more of our shadow is coming out into the light, and so we're having an opportunity to really refocus. How how do how does the United States want to shine its flame and how do we want to um, to hold that flame and who do we want to consider our tribe?
0: Right. Who do we consider our family? Can we really be embrace of people that aren't of the same heritage as we know we no longer get betrothed at childbirth? birth to somebody that's right in your little neighborhood which actually still does happen but it, it, it it's unusual i mean as far as our uh, experience and social context people yeah. have choice and they can be of any religion of any and they can be of any sex i mean there's just the we need to realize and elevate to that consciousness that is truly embraceive in the sense that it's okay. And it's exciting to have diversity because the nodes right now are actually in the diverse signs, you know, the North Node in Gemini. Yeah. Whereas this eclipse was a throwback, you might say, from the old uh, last nodal system that we were doing. And those are intersections, people that are between the moon and the sun's orbit, that South Node and North Node. Of where we've been and where we're going, and it shifts.
1: All of life
0: is a shift. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. And the 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 other thing I think that's interesting about this this uh, connection to the the USA chart is that in the United States chart, Saturn is at fourteen Libra, so it's in in an exact square to that energy of the Sun and and Vesta right there. So this is really about let's kind of grow up and let's get serious about it. We have to make serious choices about where we want this country to go. It's yeah, about it's it's just a maturation process.
0: Yes. I love that maturation. Oh my goodness. Because both the um, Saturn and, uh, Saturn is all about timing. Remember, Cronus was the one that was felt that his was going to be usurped, and he he usurped Uranus by time. Sorry, it's Uranus. You're no longer the sky of the world. And then the king, uh, Jupiter, of all the the gods, the, the whole collection of of these Olympians, that threw this Earth contingency of connecting with the universe as you know as below above so below with these gods that we see through all these energies of one that that in other words Vesta was the first and okay it's it's I'm tying in all these things sorry about this Amanda and everybody but the point is is that time with Vesta the first and then the last. But the point, um, boy, here I got myself lost. But it was the legacy of, of, what are we saying? We're talking about history and traditions and inclusiveness.
1: And, and kind of the United States needing to mature how it's doing its cancer yes. energy.
0: That's right. Because, thank you very much. Saturn is timing now is the time mm-hmm. time's up you know that's it. yeah. it's over cancer yeah. it's a processing it's the flowers are not ready to bloom yet the you can't force these things well modern science does but the nature well, of it doesn't and so and, there's cycles
1: and saturn's in libra and libra loves to sit on the fence and wherever your saturn is in your chart it's an area where you don't necessarily right off the bat feel comfortable with the energy and you don't see yourself as the master, but Saturn is the master and it's an area where you can grow into that mastery. So Libra has a tendency when it's not doing things, um, when it's not at, at its highest potential of sitting on the fence and not making a decision. But here we have this this light is like really shining on this Saturn. So we're in a position uh, to really make some choices for ourselves. Plus we've got the Pluto return that's gonna be coming up in, in the next couple of years and it's just gonna intensify things for the United States. And the, the energy Saturn is square to that lunar eclipse and the square is always about taking action
0: yeah, yeah, good. Be- people do look at squares as just struggles, but the fact is, it's a moment of
1: crystallization, and it wa- it's cardinal. It it's, wants you gotta have squares. I mean, it's if you didn't have squares, your life would go nowhere. Yes. It's like this is how you take action in life is through the square energy because it's a it's a Mars energy, the square, and so it's really about taking action and moving forward in your life and yes it can be challenging but it's it's going to feel good because you're going to end up doing it eventually
0: well there is a resolution there's like an action and it's a creative process yes indeed that is very true i really like the fact that you brought up that square though between our natal saturn and this Which is natal. We have it with our sun, but now it's infused, or fused, you could say, with this Vesta that's saying, okay, folks, you've got life force, you're meant to shine with Sirius, the star, and it is your sun, and what's your will? How are you going to really manage taking care of the truth, the hearth of
1: home? Yeah. Yeah. And and in addition to that, the Chiron in Aries is in a it's a it's a loose square, but it's still square to that lunar eclipse for the United States. So the the US is actually coming up on its Chiron return in Aries. And we've been we in a previous show we talked about Chiron and Aries and and in March, in March. And there's, there can be a lot of um, repressed anger with Chiron and Aries and a tendency to, Chiron has a tendency to do the energy of the sign in an unhealthy way because it's wounding. And so it takes on that wounded quality of the wounded energy of that sign. So with Aries, it's like, Americans want their freedom, like hardcore, and we're having a really hard time getting, getting ourselves to um, do what's best for everyone instead of what we want to do right now.
0: Well, Chiron in Aries has some extra features that we could build on because it is an eight year cycle and it does keep coming up because it is so pertinent and it's in Aries. And of course now Mars is in Aries for six months and those are initiating energies. It's the spark that wants to separate. It is the original flame of, of our self and going forward And therefore, if we look at it as exploring new territory, and like if the wound seems to be in Aries, by my own recollection, was that, can I be myself? Can I really be my own individual? And that is a real quest. And that could be central to what this vesta is saying okay you have a flame you are a person you are an identity and yes you can be yourself so be to the highest purpose that you can be in alignment that's not just for yourself but for the shining of all you know like the sun it gives warmth out to all because really too vesta is that shelter that's given to all and i think a lot of times our statue of liberty from france was given with that Vesta in mind we're holding the torch you know mm. the light the, the lamp of right. flame yeah and protection and so it is a it's our own mythology that we need to really dig deep into and realize that we have that we've allowed you know it's not there is a there is a accountability blame puts you into a victim role but accountability which is a saturn I think responsibility of taking Absolutely. ownership yes. of, your own, uh, uh, of w- the current events. And yes, some of us are deeply sorrowful. I mean, and in some ways, yes, maybe we can't correct the past by w- the fact that things happen, but we can at this moment make amends in our hearts and through our conceptual understanding, you know, with each other.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and I think that if we, if, If someone is not tending to their inner flame, then it's going to come out. It's going to explode out. And we've been seeing that with um, the Mars and Aries transit, the Chiron and Aries transit, and the United States natal Chiron and Aries. So the more you can tend to your inner flame and really make that a self-sufficient thing and find that ability to carry your own independence and freedom within, then the easier it is to, to manage all the other things on the external where you kind of need, to, um, need to, to be more adult and need to kind of tend to the responsibility so that we can protect everyone else out there.
0: Well, it is. It is. And I, and I think though, again, staying away from any blame or judgment in a sense, I remember Karen Wonderland said that the minute we do that, it stops Saturn because it is a cardinal energy at once. I mean, whether it's cancer or, or Capricorn, it wants to, and Aries, they're all cardinal. They want action. Mm-hmm. and They want the next move and what's success. So I think really exploring and trying and, 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 Finding out what the possibilities are. That was another thing she just had happened to say in a study group. What are the possibilities? What can we do? This is just a moment here to mention the next possibility on Talk Cosmos will be next Saturday with Tara All. And we're going to be talking about, I'm not exactly sure, it's about cancer. And we will find out. It's been pretty involved with lots of things but tara all always has a great source of wisdom so it'll be very exciting and tonight to remind you this is a cosmic collaboration for cancer we're talking about vesta the asteroid the goddess that's conjunct the lunar eclipse last saturday with the united states uh, solar return it's very dynamic these times we can begin to pinpoint them but really it's like light we're lasering in but then it flows up and down like a wave so it's just a matter of trying to get grips and amanda pierce is with me tonight and we return every month and if you want to find out subscribe we're happy to have you join the mailing list you just go to talk cosmos so we have a few minutes here amanda and
1: Yes. And you just brought up a good point. One of the one of the qualities of cancer is being able to flow with flow with the circumstances. It's a water sign. It's it's able to kind of move with a little more ease than than Capricorn is, which is a little more can be a little more structured and a little more rigid. And these are times where we it it behooves us to to be able to flow in this world right now because there's a lot of unknowns. So that's another, water. Uh, another thing to, to potentially tap into with this energy.
0: Water is so sacred. Yes, that's really a beautiful, whether it's our tears, I know the Indians would feel that was the truth, whether it's the rains that get recycled and water needs a container. So what's our container? I suppose we could look, refashion our Saturn structure to shape into a bowl to hold that
1: cancerian or reshape our moon because we're eclipsing the capricorn moon so what is it the what do we um want that moon to look like now
0: yes what ancestry is what traditions really speak and our true um, heritage our true roots cancer represents the roots deep down into the earth yes
1: absolutely and even though we're eclipsing that capricorn moon that, that's just about kind of eliminating the qualities that aren't working for us anymore capricorn has a lot of really wonderful qualities to it
0: well it will d- redefine capricorn that's right
1: yeah because we're, we're working capricorn hard, hard right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so it's that's the beautiful part of- this access of one side and the other but to, but so listening to the sensitivities of which i think is where we came in on of lunar emotions and realizing that they are real things feel them be yes. with them and,
1: yeah, Very and not
0: to, yeah and whether it's anger too if with mars or frustration it's all can be repurposed and and put to um Structural use, right, with that square. But oh my goodness, the serious, the there's so it's really the eternal flame. <laughs> yes. Well, may it light your flame, a light your way, and thank you, Amanda. It's been just really special. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Sue. Okay. See you next month. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.